and welcome to Repertory Screening, episode 66. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular, my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello! I'm in. It's podcasting time. And my other regular co-host, Destiny. I'm in. Also podcasting time. It's Tuesday night, which is... I don't think I've ever podcasted on Tuesday night. It's You've weird. definitely podcasted on Tuesday night. How Like, maybe the, the times I've po- podcasted on Tuesday night, I could probably count on one hand. I bet that's yeah, true. But I'm saying you've probably probably you've almost certainly done a Voight Black on Tuesday night at some point. How about you shut the fuck up? Wow. 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 What the and fuck? Tell me what movies you've seen in the last two weeks. Uh you know what movies I've seen in the last two weeks. You've well, how about you how about movies. you tell me okay. Here's the thing is me, Jax, and Destiny have all watched the same three movies, and then me and Destiny watch one more together, and maybe Jackson has something isn't part of that trio, but What's the third? Unless it's uh Crash. <laughs> yeah i was counting crash okay um no I, i'm fairly sure i don't unless i'm completely forgetting when we last recorded two two and a half weeks ago so i'm fairly sure it's just those two movies all right um yeah yeah it is uh all those right. three those uh, three films those three films uh i watched uh, i guess i'll go first uh with the house of the dead the yeah um, Seventy-seven. No, uh, also known as Alien Nation. It's just a horror film from the seventies. I think it's seventy-seven. It might be later. Seventy-eight. Uh, directed by Sharon Miller. Um, me and Destiny caught this on Arrow, just randomly looking for something. We were like, "Oh, this is short, and it looks kind of goofy. We'll watch this." Um, and then, which is an anthology film, uh, horror film. Um, it has basically the exact same setup as uh, Tales from the Hood, but what if instead of like three like gang guys, it was just one philanderer <laughs> in a trench coat? Um, and I got to a certain point. Jackson, I please describe this movie and why I asked you to watch it. <laughs> so the movie's premise is, as you said, it is a guy going into a funeral home and gets told the stories of the dead bodies by a weird guy classic weird guy yeah because um, that's all you need when you're making a movie so long as your guy is weird enough that's fine then you're set that's rule number one find a weird guy have max it's uh, true. not even being sarcastic that really is cinema <laughs> <laughs> um and the four sub stories are uh presented as like moral lessons about the failings that you can have as a person um i don't think that bears out uh in reality because the first moral failing is i would like some... i would like to i would like to hit the editor's note here and be like jackson doesn't watch a lot of horror it's fine i i know you're all laughing right now but it's fine well why are you all laughing right now because <laughs> every horror movie's like this <laughs> i mean i understand i know that like the form of these kind of like um not anthology, but this this kind of horror back in the old days was definitely like this. Mm-hmm. Like this anthology, little twist, ironic twist at the end type ho- horror. Uh, yeah. I assume it's not like this in Saw. Saw is also moralist. All horror is moralistic. I guess it is more. I mean, it is, it is explicitly moralistic with um, you know, the jigsaw stuff, but it's more part of the text. Yeah, no, uh, that's in, fair. A diff- in a different way. Anyway, point is, uh, this teacher's kind of rude to children once uh and so she comes home and is then uh stabbed by a bunch of children but those children are like weird vampire alien things that's the whole the whole whole plot entire plot uh actually the scariest one because a solid eight minutes of its running time are just shots of an empty house which is basically the scariest thing i don't think there's anything scary in that uh once things start happening it's not scary at all (laughs) 
Um, second story uh, is a honestly shockingly like forward thinking um, uh, found footage movie uh, about a guy who films himself killing women on dates. Um, doesn't have a story straight up that he does this a few times there's no <laughs> escalation or like you know way it comes together at the end i was waiting for like a it all to to wrap in no no, no just he just does, they, they had the idea they had the innovative idea and that was it then they shot it they had no elaboration at all uh fourth story uh is a shitty guy in an office who um brushes off this uh uh, like homeless vagrant who is asking him for something uh, and goes into a building and then gets trapped for hours and is tortured and almost killed by the, the lift and the emptiness uh, and stumbles out looking himself like a vagrant and tries to get the attention of another uh, grumpy rich guy who ignores him and walks into the same building and all oh, you, for, you forgot to the, you. you forgot the really oh, important part no no no, no 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 before you move on the actual oh, yeah. important part is that the uh the home the guy who brushed him off is the same actor as the homeless guy he's now dressed up in a suit or whatever yes <laughs> i did yeah. not realize I, I, you know what i didn't i didn't catch that detail at the time <laughs> but um <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> much to think about <laughs> there uh, are classic twilight zone episodes predicated on less than this thank you that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love the Twilight Zone. It's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you may have said, oh, you missed the movie there. <laughs> you missed Yeah, you the, went from you missed... one, two to four. Yeah, weird. What did I miss one? So, uh, part three of this um, horror, anth- horror anthology, which is why you told me to watch it, is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> As it is the egotistical battle between, um, do you have the names? No, no, I don't have this pulled up at all. Okay, well, between the lead inspector of Scotland Yard who's flown into New York to, like, uh, deal with, like, the chief detective in the NYPD, uh, both reputable men of, uh, detecting, um... As he goes about a case and tries to figure out this twist, uh, as to he gets a note saying someone in three days close to you will die. Uh, it's um, it's uh, Detective Malcolm Tolliver, uh, who's the American one, despite that name. Despite that name, Inspector <laughs> McDowell. He's got like a ridiculous mustache. Yes. Um, and. It's just the best possible version of that. As this, like, New York detective's like, yeah, you know, I'm solving this crime. I'm figuring out. And this British guy's like, I believe in Scotland Yard. They told me your innovative techniques could find a killer in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's just that. It's like that for half an hour. It's amazing. <laughs> there is there is a uh, very famous tweet uh, from the... I just saw it going. I did the account aerial shading. It's like, Columbo is for people who sleep like honk shoot honk shoot but perot is for people who sleep like snork me, 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 me. and that's what this whole thing is uh, that's one of those two that like i guess on on a text level makes no sense but it taps into a spiritual truth um this, it's also um... it's also just like this is this is this is the culture gap as people who do a podcast about in weird in, in many ways the the overlapping but impossible gulf between British and American culture. Uh, this is what it's like. The American guy's just like, I'm too cool for school. And this guy's like, have you thought about these things? Oh, you have not? Hmm. <laughs> Dumb American. <laughs> it's so fucking good. This movie's on YouTube. 
just search, <laughs> yes, it's just on just search House of the Dead Alien Nation because that was another title for it and that title is yeah. also in there. If you search House of the Dead, you're going to get the video game. So yeah. search House of the Dead Alien Nation I'll probably come up. 90 minute movie or 80 minutes, I guess. Uh, you can just skip to segment three, but you can just watch the whole thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. It's pretty good. Um, I'd also like to know, um, this is maybe giving away the ghost a little bit, but come on, you're going to know. Um, is there an anthology movie that has a framing device with someone being told the stories uh, that doesn't end with the reveal that the people, person being told the person or people being told the stories are already dead or their death is imminent, and that the people telling the stories are the ones who are going to do the death? Like, is either death like the you know Grim Reaper, the killer, whatever? Because I can't think of a single one. I've like scoured my brain trying to find like, is there a framing device that doesn't end with the person being murdered by the person telling the stories? And this is just like inherent baked into the form. Why wouldn't you do it this way? I mean. It's- being a horror anthology is like a key to this, right? Kind of be an anthology of nice stories. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but I just I just literally couldn't come up with that. I'd come up with like a dozen that are just like this. Um, I don't remember the framing device of Southbound. Wasn't that an anthology? Oh, okay. We have not watched Southbound. You told me to get Southbound. We have not watched Southbound. Oh, I saw it in the theater. Oh, well, you've asked me to get it oh, before. I think so. I wanted to rewatch because I don't remember it. Okay. Okay sure um anyway um it was good yeah i had a great time laughed a lot but i was watching it uh, there's a there's this bit where the the american guy is just like looking at like some labs or whatever and there's like a there's like a front on shot of the british inspector standing like on the other side of a bookcase looking through books they're like separated where it's just framing his face and he's like oh we actually use this other method that you might not have heard of because you know it's new and groundbreaking and only british have come up with it and i was like i have to tell jackson to watch this This is the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yes um you knew you knew because i was the whole time like, this movie's funny you know it's not scary i guess i'd probably actually be better with horror than i think i would i'd probably just like horror movies especially oh, the thing um, is you really like how plots are constructed and breaking down stories and horror is a great place for that i like that i like when like whatever story is happening is a well-told metaphor for someone's emotional state yes um and i just think it's good you know you it was when we covered on kadalka and all that it's just so many cool things that i want more stories to do and you're like please watch horror movies it's true (laughs) um anyway uh we also watched the batman the 2022 bat reeves film starring Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano and Zoe Kravitz and Colin Farrell. Um, we, me and Jackson were on the upcoming, no, it's already, it's already been released for patrons. I guess the free episode is not out yet of Gotham City Limits covering this. Um, you can go to exportaw.io and pay them a dollar, which you should anyway, because you get good podcasts and get that. You'll get Orient Stairwells early, which is another great podcast like ours. Um, that's also yeah, you should just do this. You problems should pay for the podcast. Yes. Um, but me and Jackson talked about the Batman at length. That whole there's like a whole hour long episode just about the Batman. So Destiny, tell us about the Batman. Um, it's Batman. He's he's two years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two year old Batman. Two year old Batman. Uh, I don't know how old Bruce Wayne is supposed to be. Like what, twenty five, twenty six? I don't know. It's like twenty eight, I think. But he's like he he's Robert Pattinson looking haggard. So it's like this is the most thirty seven year old twenty eight year old. Yeah, he's he's really vampiric in this way that like should have been in Twilight, but I guess that wasn't the point of the vampires in Twilight. Um, no, I liked the film except I thought 
just when these movies try to get really moralistic about what the superhero is doing, it never really lines up with anything else going on in the movie. Like Catwoman has her own vengeance that she's trying to go on. And apparently it's not good enough for Batman. And it's just kind of dumb. But overall, I liked the movie. Um, I don't really have that much to say about it. I thought Dano's Riddler was really good. Um, I've been following his career since he was a wee child. So it's just nice to see him in things. Um, what else? I didn't recognize Colin Farrell. And it's kind of magical to me that in 2022, I can watch a movie and not recognize an actor in it. Like, uh, yep, magic and a lot of prosthetics. When was the last time that happened to you, though? Like, where you just did not recognize an actor? I cannot think of the last time that happened to me. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, I'll be honest. That's okay. But yeah, so that that was fun. I, I really liked him. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to say. It was just okay. uh, a good time. And if I were going to, like... I liked it more than the last Nolan Batman. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't hate it the way y'all hated it. I, I didn't hate it. I put it firmly in the middle of my Batman rankings. Okay. Yeah, if I was going to rank this, it would be somewhere in the middle. I Our podcast is like uh, is complaining a lot about the politics of the film, which are stupid. There's a lot in that movie that is bad, mm -hmm. but I mostly I had a good time. Like I, First half hour, some of the best Batman that's ever been put to film. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, the point is, when you think about it, and you look at the Nolan movies, which just look terrible, um, this is a well-shot movie. Yeah. A little dark, cool dark but yeah. A little dark. Needs a little light. <laughs> Good casting. Um, yeah. Uh, Destiny. Yes. We have one more movie. We sure do. Scum of the Earth. Uh, <laughs> which is the uh, 1963 Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. The Ruffy. Classic Ruffy. His last... I did. I had not heard the term roughy. Roughies are essentially um, just movies that are gross and are about women being manhandled and, like, that's the appeal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like before exploitation became the umbrella term in the 70s, it was like, these are like, these are like sex movies, but with more violence than the normal, like, some girls are going to take their tops off films. It's about a girl that gets swept up in a pornography ring and she's trying to get out, but like there's all these factors keeping her in. And then it's also about this sleazy photographer who's like weirdly redeemed at the end. <laughs> he has a heart of gold, kind of. Kind of, a little bit. Heart of some gold. Uh, I love these movies because at the end there's always a narrator that's like, so many girls in America, this happens too, and we got to be vigilant and watch our children, and it just cracks me up. It, it, the the after-school special vibes of essentially what is porn is very funny to me. <laughs> very, very funny to me. Um, but also, like, porn is some women with their boobs out holding, like, baseball bats, like, and ba wearing baseball caps, doing, like, an Americana photo shoot, because, man, people were fucking desperate. <laughs> It was the 50s or 60s. When was this? 60s. 63. Yeah. Well, you know, going by my timeline, I'm fairly sure porn is when women have the tits out holding baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're not, like, killing anyone with them. They're just holding them. Yeah. I mean, now they're kind of drawn and covered in blood, but it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Scum of the Earth, M? So, um, this movie's really fun because we watched um, Blood Feast. That's yeah, Blood one, right? Feast. 
that's like his famous movie. It was shot right before this. Like literally they, they shot this one in like, it was like, it was like six days right after they'd finished blood feast, like a couple weeks after they finished blood feast and blood feast is like a lurid serial killer cult, like about a cult, but also a cult film. Um, that is ludicrous and i liked it a lot um and this movie and that movie's like bright red like you know everything every bit of blood looks like melted wax my favorite kind of blood is like bright early color film blood um this movie shot in black and white just to make it look seedy <laughs> mm-hmm. um even though it's like a bunch of people who can't act in like uh in like a room for for an hour um and uh i thought it was a uh, it's like a movie that's hard to recommend because, like, there's not a whole lot there other than, like, we're going to watch these Horace Gordon Lewis movies. Um, I think it, like, ends really funnily where, like, the guy who's, like, running the pornography ring, they, they finally, like, the, the the photographer with a heart of silver um, is tired of seeing the girl he's sweet on, like, get attacked. And so he, he attacks the guy who's, like, going after her and kills him with the bat and then points to the police at the right, the guy who's, like, running the whole ring. And so he, and he's, like, a sweaty like business guy is like balding and he sits behind a desk and he plays with a bunch of desk toys. That's his whole character. Um, <laughs> there's one bit where he gives a full on like speed racer villain speech, but the camera just like jump cuts closer and closer to his mouth as he gets sweatier and sweatier. It's really it's hilarious. Um, but there's a bit where he's, and it's all in California. There's a bit where he's running from the cops and they're <laughs> like literally like a foot chase to the cops. And he's like, just like a, you know, 40 year old, like, you know balding out of shape business guy who clearly cannot run but he's not running the cops on foot um and i'm like they're in california what if he just keeps running what if the end of this movie is just him he runs all the way into the ocean and then he fucking ran all the way to the beach into the ocean where the cops finally shoot him in the water <laughs> and amazing it's reasons, it's reasons like that that you watch good movie or bad movies yep. <laughs> all, they'll just fucking nail something mm-hmm. where it's like what if this bad guy ran out of his office and all the way into the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I really did. Yeah. Um, it, like, I wouldn't highly recommend it. But no. If you like this corner sort of stuff, I think that's on Arrow, too. We have a box set of Gordon Lewis movies that we're working through. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's it. I guess we should get into our uh, episode. Our movie this week is Crash. Written and directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, this came out in the year 1996. It stars James Spader and Holly Hunter. Roseanne Arquette. Uh, Elias. Uh, Elias Coteus. Coteus, that's a T. Coteus, yes. Um, uh, and um, I had never seen it before. Jackson, what happens in Crash? Oh, it's, it's I want to say specifically, it is an adaptation of J.G. Ballard's uh, 1973 novel. Uh, sure is anyway your turn just tell me what happens in crash uh crash is about james ballard uh which uh, when it immediately began it was like that's james ballard i was like hang on i know that's the guy who wrote the book (laughs) um uh and uh he is a film director and um he uh is in a marriage with his wife where he is sexually unsatisfied but fucking all the time there's just something missing and after he gets into a car crash he realizes that what is missing is car crashes uh and uh he falls uh into um the uh like orbit of uh this man vaughn uh who is like the this um 
charismatic leader of a bunch of people who are also getting off on car crashes and they watch films together of safety tests crashing and uh you know they go and you know they just they just fuck and make cars crash in different ways and try to express the truth of human experience through this lens that they these 12 people have decided is the peak of uh what it is to be uh and vaughn's like kind of creepy and weird but kind of magnetizing and uh you know he doesn't know what he thinks about him uh his wife teases him a little is like he's you gay for him as well and uh, a little bit you know there's that going on um but mostly they just like circle uh around this new obsession they have and get deeper in it and uh eventually vaughn um dies he crashes he like in 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 some of their like play where they're driving around the road being horny uh he crashes too hard uh pretty intentionally just after getting tattooed uh he uh drives off the road crashes into a bus and sets some you know gets set on fire uh and um after that, uh, the couple just continue uh, living their life with this new, weirdly suicidal fetish they have. And he crashes her off the road and they fuck in the wreckage as they just accept this as their way to be. It's just, it's normal. Um, and uh, that's the whole movie. Uh, I was expecting something a little more shocking from how it's talked about, but if it's just a metaphor for how sex is weird. Uh, yeah. Same. So I knew this movie as like a scandalous film. That like, there's the whole thing where like, uh, when it was shown at Khan, like Coppola hated it and refused. <laughs> that to, plot's like... really funny. <laughs> having seen it, the idea that Coppola's watching this movie and be like, oh, really Yeah, this movie was like a huge scandal, and um, so I was expecting something like way more fucked up. As somebody who's seen a lot of fucked up movies in my day, um, when I was younger, and just wanted was like, oh, the the cool movies are the ones they don't want you to see. You know, everyone goes through that phase. I think a little bit. Um. I went through it pretty hard, but um, yeah, this movie is like a goofy, this movie is like not really, not quite a comedy, but like an absurdist, like long form essay about how sex is weird and makes people fucking weirdos. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, there's no, there's no other way to see Like it's just, it's, it's first of all, it understands the, um, cause it's coming out in 96, which is in the peak of erotic thriller, 90s yes. erotic thriller territory, uh, yes. which is just the best genre, uh, as it understands that that's already a very stupid genre about people at, like acting so sexual that they are become incredibly unsexy. Like James Spader is not sexy in this movie at all, even slightly. Uh, but he is delivering every line like, well. I think I'll be driving now. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've seen Sex Lies and Videotape, which is about James Spader being a creep, but in a sexy way. Um, yeah, he's not creepy here. He's just weird. He's just, you know, he's just like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just fucking weird to see him in this and be like, I was like, oh, James Spader, like sex movie. It's going to be fun. Going to have a great time. Love him. Um, and he's just a, he's just a fucking weirdo and everyone's in a weirdo and they're all just driven by these impulses that are impossible to understand. And the movie shot in such a way where like, I guess some people probably like, like it wouldn't be so controversial if some people didn't find the material like affecting and disturbing, but I mostly found it really silly. I mostly just like laughed a lot as stuff was happening. I mean, I, if there's like a thesis of the movie you can take from watching it, um, there's there's the there's like the plot stuff, but there's also like the fact that desire in the cinema is created more by the camera than it is by the object, right? Like they shoot the cars like they are sex objects, and that makes the audience uncomfortable because it is 
drawing on cues which are not questions when the, that gaze is applied to a woman right um, sure uh and i would assume that's like the you know the uh, reading a bunch of reviews uh you know i was walking away thinking mm, nodding at that uh and then uh looked up what people were saying at the time and that's basically the thesis of ebert's review and so i felt pretty good like oh yeah he he he's a <laughs> when i line up with uh, uh the like middle of the road Rodrigo review i feel good about like okay i guess i understood the movie <laughs> yeah. and like cronenberg's a guy who's like made some sexy movies even though they're yes. when their movies often about like horrible things happening like jeff goldblum never been hotter than he is at the beginning of the fly you're like god damn <laughs> uh, none of the energy's here none of it not a single no. iota <laughs> No, because like there's the, the, there's the there's, Eli- there's like a, well Elias Cateus is like literally like a like, he looks like he's like got zombie disease because <laughs> <laughs> he's like covered in scars and he's like pale but not in like a sexy like Bruce Wayne way and in like the Batman but in like a horrible like this man needs like a vitamin yeah please someone give him like a hug and like some light <laughs> I think the closest we get to sexy is Rosanna Arquette um she's having a lot of fun. But yeah, no one else is really bringing it. Well, she also gets the most like outright comedic scene where they go into a car dealership and she uh, like taunts the car dealership guy because she's she's got like a full on, like full on leg braces and uh, she wants to get into a car and um, the guy the guy tries to help her in and her leg brace gets caught on the car and tears the seat and he's like sweating uh because she's torn the seat but also he's like attracted to her and he feels guilty about being attracted to this uh, this you know uh this disabled woman and she's just fucking eating it up because she's just like got him wrapped around her finger that part's fantastic yeah it's funny it's a great scene it's implied that james spader fucks her wound right uh yeah okay i, I didn't so. miss that that wasn't okay yeah that's what i thought i mean she she does have like a giant back of her leg scar that looks like a vagina <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most like fucking cronenberg touches yeah i'm like oh yeah yeah he immediately makes existence after this it's all about people plugging computers into their vagina holes in their head <laughs> <laughs> yes I feel like sexy movies often suffer from the not actually being sexy syndrome. Like I watch a lot of sexploitation and they're not sexy. They're not sexy at all. Well, to be fair, like when Jean Rolin is making a movie where nothing is sexy, and you're like, it, you're like, oh, this guy's like a weird sleazeball who doesn't really understand how to film sex. Cronenberg is doing this on purpose, right? Like yes. this movie oh, is absolutely. deliberately like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the first shot that um, Jane Spade is in is a ludicrous shot where, like, he's behind a girl, uh, like, going down on her, and, like, you know, he's, he's in a closet producing a movie, um, and his, like, head pops up, like, like it's doing a bit in a fucking just regular sitcom, like, whoa, it's Jane Spade! <laughs> his head pops up, and his hair's all disheveled, and he just looks silly. Yes. Um, and this movie's very aware of just, like, the, you know, ridiculous... Uh, physicality of sex as a thing that happens between bodies which is you know understandable it's why you get cronenberg i guess yeah yeah also um like the way in which people like relate to sex in their like language and discussion is also there's a ridiculous scene where uh 
James is is sleeping with his, he's fucking his wife in bed, but they're in like they're in like softcore pose where they're like spooning while fucking, and she's just talking about the situation they find themselves in, and does he find uh, Vaughn attractive and whatever. But she keeps like she's like, have you thought about his penis? Have you thought about putting it in your mouth? And I'm like, this is the least sexy thing anyone has ever said. There's nothing good here. This is cringe. Have you have you considered tasting semen? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm going to crawl up the walls. This is so like uncomfortable. That seems so fucking good. That's so funny because I think my favorite detail is that this this is a movie where girls are getting naked nonstop. They are all getting naked. It's part of the film. Not in this scene though. Like she is very obviously holding the uh the like covers just over her chest in a way that's so clearly intentional to be like this is the regular sex scene in another movie kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but just like the conversational way it like tries to talk about the stuff in like the least sexy way possible is very good. It's like that bit in uh, the Big Lebowski where she comes in and she's like, "Are you threatened by the by, the, by uh, women's sexuality?" And she goes, "Vagina." <laughs> <Try to listen. laughs> uh, God. Um, that, but like that's that, that's the only thing I can see what people are responding to, like having the idea that like sex is kind of gross and and makes people really stupid. And yet everyone is like given like literal suicidal drives because of it thrown in their faces when they were just like expecting another like normal Cronenberg, like, you know, horror thinky movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny because I watched this. I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. I, you know, I laughed and it was well acted and whatever. But like seeing how uh, controversial I was, I'm like, what do you what do you? And it makes me think like the one that like now everyone's like, this is going to be the new crash. People are just going to fucking walk out. They're going to piss and shit themselves and fall over dead. <laughs> it's going to be too intense for anyone. And I'm like, I no, it's not. It's a movie Viggo Mortensen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, which, which, which one's this? Is is Crimes of the Future. It's like a Viggo Mortensen, oh, Leia Sadu, Kristen Stewart movie. Um, and everyone, like in the like it, it's premiering cans like con next month, and the whole thing is like like the early preview, like people have seen it, it's like it's it's gonna be the next crash. I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's the reason I want to watch Crash. I was like, if you were saying it's like I gotta know if um if this is like as as if there was any meat on those bones, and if so, like if we could just roll our eyes when people say this. The answer is yes. You can always roll your eyes and be black like this. <laughs> this was my third time watching it, and I feel like it gets less sexy every time I watch it. Because the first time I watched it, I had a huge crush on James Spader. So I was like, I'm watching it for him. Hey. I still have a huge crush on James Spader, but not this James Spader. Oh, no. No, his hair looks really good in this. I don't know. I, I, I still, yeah, James Spader. You can get it. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, the ideal James Spader to me is Alan Shore James Spader. It's all about the weird fucked up power shit and nothing to do with like, oh, James Spader's a hot guy. Because by Boston Legal, he's less of a hot guy. That's true. I miss erotic thrillers. That's the other thing this movie brought out of me. Yeah, I was watching this movie and I was like, you need to see side effects. Because side effects is really funny. You need to see side effects. Yeah, I need to. You also need to see trance. Not as good as side effects. Um, I should watch trance. I haven't seen trance, yeah. But in terms of the movies from 2013, bringing back stupid erotic thrillers. Yeah. Oh, Chloe. Chloe. Oh, well, Chloe's like not even on purpose. Chloe's like just stupid. Yeah. Chloe's great. Is that the Amanda? Like, side Seafood? effects is meant to be kind of a goof, but Chloe's like deathly like, no, we're going to bring it back. We're going to do one of these. And you're like, come on. Come <laughs> on. It's a dead genre. Yeah, no, I know. It, I, I miss it. They're always very fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's weird because, like, I could understand, like, if I saw this young being like, oh, like, wow, I can't believe it's, like, going for this stuff. It's weird. I've never... But, like, 
have a dubious relationship with human sexuality at the best times anyway these days so it's just like oh yeah sure yeah this is what it's like people talk about all sorts of weird shit i'm like you find that hot and you're like and like i get like finding things visually appealing but i'm like you're like losing your mind over this shit why what? <laughs> like go have lunch drink some water <laughs> i don't get it it's just sexy Literally multiple people, um, like friends I have who are ace and friends who are just like think think about sexuality and this like came out of the woodwork to be like, yeah, no, it's fucking wild. This is just what people are like. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. They're just like sees this in the framework of like, yeah, people's horny is fucked up and weird, and I don't get it. But everyone seems like ready to like risk it all on weird shit that you don't understand all the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think one of the, you know, this is obviously one of the things that makes the movie good and presumably um, controversial, I guess, and is that at no point is this movie, like, judgmental about the idea that someone would want to fuck after car crashes. Yeah, no, uh, it's just like, this is what they do. Like, like, this is their thing. Yeah, some people play uh, bridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that, like, matter-of-fact presenting, like, you know, sexual drives as just things that yeah. are exist and must be understood in their own terms uh it's also very it, like blase about the way that like a fetish overrides like sexual preference where yes. like like there are characters who are like having homosexual like you know encounters in this movie that are not coded as like gay characters or even bisexual characters it's just, like they're both into this thing and we're in the, in the same room so they're gonna go at it and it's like about how much that like like obliterates the self more there's like a, this makes your identity murky in a weird way oh. mm-hmm. i agree. i was curious about that because that's kind of where i landed but i'm like i can totally see a read of this movie that's far more about like uh heterosexuality allows you to construct weird fetishes to get around the fear of like the homosexual mm. it's easier yeah, to fair. fuck a car than fuck a man like in james spader's <laughs> mind uh and I, I think it, I don't think like either of those, like, I don't think the movie puts any value judgment on either of them. Yeah. No. But I think if you come in with that uh, viewpoint, you can like, you know, analyze what it's saying about what it is to be straight and how straight, uh, straightness interacts with uh, different desires and yeah. which desires are too scary and which ones are like not. Well, that's the thing. I think, I think Catherine like points that. And I think that James <laughs> is a final, like, like when he does go for it, it has nothing to do with that. He's not even thinking about it. It's all just like we're we're both like worked up at this moment. We're both like no one else is gonna understand what the fuck we're going through. So yes, mm-hmm. um, it's weird in the way it's like very like sexuality is like fluid and it's just what like the idea that like someone have like a fur like in this world in this setting like would have a firm like gender preference is like so foreign because they're just all wrapped up in this other thing that does like just overrides all of that like it's all gone mm-hmm. it feels very it makes everything feel very fake and constructed because it is all fake and constructed sure it's just like whatever people are into yeah um but yeah i had a, I had a good time it was weird because like i said i was expecting something more um more more gruesome uh one uh and more like sicko and it, it's not really either it's just kind of funny <laughs> um expecting something with less guitars <laughs> <laughs> oh the um the fucking howard shore score in this movie is so overwrought and ludicrous it's wild yeah it is it's yes. overbearing because it's like it's not like he's not doing the sounds of lambs mode like Howard Shore, right? Like he knows he's in a much weirder movie and can just kind of fuck around, and he definitely does. 
Um, I appreciate that. I, I thought I thought the soundtrack was good, but I often find myself laughing at it, which I guess some people might say is a negative. If you're just like, oh, the score is like drawing attention to itself and being goofy. I love that. Watch uh, a lot of anime. This, <laughs> yeah, this is just a very um, goofy movie. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a very goofy movie. <laughs> yeah, that was my main <laughs> takeaway. Uh, and I, I mostly quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't think I have a ton else to say. Um, yeah, not necessarily. Holly Hunter channeling her most like Mrs. Peacock from Clue in this movie. <laughs> I love Holly uh, Hunter. Just walking around in dramatic like coats and always wearing gloves and just being a weirdo. Love it. Um, do we have anything else or should we go to questions? We can go to questions. All right. If you'd like to send us questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, they can be about anything, not just the movies we're covering. Um, Hilfer writes in, which living director do you think would be selected to fake a moon landing and who would you select? You, we can just do one of these. I don't know who would be selected, but I know who I'd pick. I'm still thinking about it. Um... I feel this is a boring answer, but uh, I feel like you're just going to ask Spielberg, right? Like that's kind of what I was thinking. Like he just somebody that knows how to do something epic. I uh, I wanted Werner Herzog. I mean, yes, or you could go in that direction and get <laughs> Werner Herzog. Those are the two choices. <laughs> <laughs> but Spielberg was the first one that pops in my popped into my head when I heard the question. Hmm. Um. Allison writes in, I've been catching up on the Cronenberg films I haven't seen recently. I also recently read his novel, Consumed, uh, which is an interesting halfway point between Video Drome, uh, Dave, and Maps and Stars Dave. Not a perfect novel, uh, but it's, you know, recommend it. Um, haven't read it. I didn't, even, I didn't even know who wrote a novel. Um, are there any filmmakers you think would benefit from making a shift into writing novels? Are there any books by filmmakers you've enjoyed? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've read any books by filmmakers. Not fiction ones. You know, mm. he should make Tarantino write a book. He did, he did. I know. It'd be bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. I only peeked in a little bit of it when everyone was tweeting about it. I was like, let's see the the first chapter. I'm not reading all this. Uh, it's just the fucking screenplay with more like interjections. It's really bad. Um. I'm like, this isn't a novel. This isn't a goddamn novel. You have ugh. And I was so annoyed that everyone's reading it. I got so grumpy about it. I didn't really post much because it's kind of, you know, I would have just been making it worse. But goddamn, bad, bad book. David Lynch has written two books. He wrote an autobiography and a book about meditation. I would love for him to write some fiction. Yeah. Um, I think my gut answer is uh, Terrence Malick. I think I'd read a book by Terrence Malick. That's a good answer. Like he's already he's already holding like book style, like prose style ideas in his head in his movies anyway. Mm -hmm. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, Aiden writes in what other movie do you wish had an unrelated 2004 movie of the same name <laughs> Lars von Trier's Wedding Crashers I don't know wait that's not a, is that a 2004 movie? no I just I don't I can't remember 2004 in movies. I guess I was in high school. I was graduating high school. What were the big movies? Wait, well, no, the I'm thing is, the thing is, what movie in time do you want a 2004 version of? Oh, okay. That's the question. Well, it's, no, it's unrelated. It's like you want another movie just called yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, you just, you're basically picking a title you think would be really funny to get a 2004 movie out of. Okay. 
which um my uh my answer is of course the testament of dr mabuse <laughs> just completely unrelated <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what the fuck that'd be i've never seen the testament of dr mabuse i've just it's a great title i've always thought about it. like man mabuse it's german so i think you say this the e i don't know if you've really seen funny. the testament of dr mabuse <laughs> or however you say it right in it'd be really funny if they just in 2004 there was just another regular movie called my beautiful laundrette <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love that movie love it i love that movie that was Destiny. one i watched in in film class thinking oh what we're we watching now i was like damn this is a classic <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good one De- destiny need an answer um i'm trying to think of movie titles i like uh <laughs> wouldn't it be ambitious if somebody just made a movie called pulp fiction in 2004 god god the, the balls the balls i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make a new movie called pulp fiction it's not even slightly related <laughs> fair enough um rick writes in who's your favorite hey it's that guy actor my two are bruce mcgill who is the defense attorney from the insider or at least who I know him as, and John Carroll Lynch is one of the major suspects in Zodiac. Uh, John uh, Carroll Lynch is a good one. I'm always I I did not I had to look him up. I'm like, oh, it's that guy, which absolutely nailed it. Uh, every time Stephen Root shows up, yes, Stephen Root, is that guy? Well, yeah, but who is he? <laughs> Just a guy who's in movies and okay. a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think of something you'll probably have seen him in. He, he is Mr. Lund in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Did you ever watch King of the Hill? Uh, a little bit. He was Bill. The voice of Bill. And he was Milton in the Office okay. Space uh, movie. Okay. And in the shorts, I guess. <laughs> that absolutely. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I know who that is. That's a good answer. Who's my favorite? It, it's Bob Balaban. Like I know he's famous, so it's not, it's not the same like it was in the back in the day. But I get so excited when Bob Balaban isn't something. That's fair. I think I think my first gut answer was Dick Miller. You got Dick Miller in your movie? Ah, uh, yeah, I love Dick Miller. <laughs> love that face. Yeah. Is he dead? Yeah, he died in two twenty nine. Oh, okay. That's a shame because he should be in more movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he—I think he's in like a thousand of them. So you're probably all right. <laughs> he has—he has 184 acting credits. Holy moly! Yeah. Um, most of them bad movies, but you know that's fine. That's all what you want in your character actors. Uh, Neve writes in. I'm going to ask the question. I assume everyone else is too cowardly to ask. What's your favorite sex scenes movie and why? No cop outs. There has to be one you liked more for some reason. Um, I mean, the problem is my answer is uh, the the one in the middle uh, where they're like <laughs> just banging into each other and covering themselves in the sheets because it's really funny. Uh, yeah, that's I feel like I should be confessing like, oh, this movie, this scene was kind of hot, but I, I genuinely don't have one. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's not a cop out. I don't. I didn't find. I like them. Oh, go on. Yeah, I I like the movie, but there was no part. I was like this bit. This bit's touching on something. I mean, I feel like I have outing myself as square for not having this answer. I like. I mean, oh, the the reason was whatever you wanted here. Uh, that's true. Say which one do you think? But I just feel like, in the favorite. spirit of the question of not being a coward, you know. Yeah. 
I just kind of liked the scenes where people would just touch each other, like, without having sex. Like, when they're watching the um, uh, crash test dummy footage, and they're, they're, like, just... They just start rubbing at each other, and it's just very desperate and, like, oh. <laughs> it's very sorted. Um, I like the uh, the Holly Hunter or James Spader when they're in the uh, car park because it's, like, the most, like... No one wants to fuck in a car, actually. It's, like, the worst thing. It's not comfortable. It's cramped. It sucks. And you just get the sense that, like, she's good at this, which is weird because she's, like, over... 18 so she should not be good at this at that point <laughs> you just kind of has lose access the skill. to rooms yeah you, yeah you just yeah. Ha- you just have a place at that point you don't need to do this anymore um uh and it's just weird and awkward and like all the ones in the, this movie are weird and awkward but that one uh, really struck me it was like especially weird and awkward um the really porny one at the beginning where uh Catherine's at the plane uh, is very funny to me because it's like the most like this is going to be a sexy movie <laughs> and then the rest of the movie happens yep. um and then second uh question i saw this movie in eighth grade uh and while i may have seen james Spader a few things before this is really the first thing i associated with him as an actor this made it very funny when then showed up in the practice in boston legal a year or two later it really colored how sure as a character for me do you have any weird associations you make between an actor and a particular role that gave everything else you saw from the actor a weird tinge like this i think i've said before that um Joaquin Phoenix, I first saw him in uh, in Gladiator, so I've always thought of him as like a creepy raper guy. <laughs> I can't think of what else I've seen him in, but Tony Goldwyn was the bad guy in Ghost, and every time, oh yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> every time I see him, I'm like, he's gonna be a bad guy because <laughs> he was the bad yeah, guy. In he Ghost. probably was. That's the thing. He probably was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like specific one. Um, I don't have like necessarily really interesting one but it has like a mildly funny one which is um andrew garfield uh before he was uh in the social network was uh in an episode of doctor who doing a really really bad american accent as a like a 30 late 20s gangster in the depression era new york <laughs> yeah sure and so every time i'm like trying to take him seriously in the movie i just think of him in this episode being like you can't tell you know doing his fucking accent uh, you, the daleks can't tell us what to do you mess with one of us you mess with all of us <laughs> is basically what he's doing in that, that episode god um, and then Tron writes in uh, with a couple questions. Um, what's your favorite uh, scene in this movie? There's not a sex scene. I'm going to shout that one out. I like the uh, when we first uh, go to the like weird convention and Vaughn is talking about the James Dean car crash. Mm. Uh, I really like that scene. I think it's just the seediest the movie gets. Um, I think mine is when Vaughn first meets uh, James and is like looking at his like leg that's all in like like pinned up or whatever, and just starts asking a bunch of questions. At no point does he go, "Why are you asking me? What? What? Did, why are you? Who are you? <laughs> why are you doing this?" <laughs> just a baffling like dreamlike scene that I, I found very delightful. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer to this. First of all, the movie is like ninety percent sex scenes. <laughs> Um, and those are the like the the big sequence where the, I mean I I think I agree about it being the um the crash sequence because the, the the cops come right and then first of all these are the slowest cops in history because everyone just kind of walks away, <laughs> uh, 
And then he's like, it's the Department of Transportation. They don't know what they're up against. And I'm like, what? Thank you, Vaughn. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's such a weird guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, What are your thoughts on traffic? Do any of you like driving on the highway? We're not covering traffic. We're covering crash. <laughs> um... As the only person here who drives on this podcast, I have to say, I do love driving. I've never driven, like, a big muscle car like that. They seem like a pain in the ass. Um, I do love driving on the free, like, the highway, specifically, like, the interstate. Um, at night, where the cars, the traffic's less. One of the things I liked, because, uh, you know, I was in, like, a very light car crash um, a couple years ago. Not a big, I was not injured. My car is total, but that happens all the time anyway. Um, but, um I definitely had the bit where when I when I came out of it, I was like, there's so much traffic. I was just like hyper aware of all the traffic and you just kind of get numb to it again. Um, and the, them just sitting in the car going like, there's there's so much more traffic now. It's just that is the real thing of being in a car accident. I You think they're coming to get you. Yeah. No, I have very severe car crash anxiety, that which is why I don't drive. And like sometimes when I'm sitting in a car and I'm thinking too hard, I like get upset because i'm just like there's too many cars <laughs> um that's fair i, I don't I'm, i um don't get that my thing i don't like and this is like nothing to do with the question but everything to just do with movies is whenever they frame people talking in cars where you're like are they gonna do the shot where suddenly a car veers out of them out of nowhere and they get t-boned because i hate it i hate it i jump every time i find it very unpleasant oh god um, that does happen in way too many movies mm-hmm. yeah because it's just like a common framing where oftentimes people are just having conversations, but I'm sitting there like waiting for like a, like a jump moment that never happens because it's just, I've seen too many movies where the framing does like suddenly there's a car and then they get hit. Um, yeah. God, I mean, it happens. It's there's so many movies where that happens. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that's it. Abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com. Jackson, what are we watching next time? Uh, next time I think we're gonna watch. Hmm, I got two choices. You know, um, we're gonna watch the rules of the game, the nineteen thirty nine movie. Okay. I heard that one's good. Is that? A, I was hoping for a reaction to prove it was a real movie that people. I like about. it. Okay. I um, thought we covered this at some point. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Okay, I must have just watched it. I'm like, you watched I it with do me this someday. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I thought that was for like trash book ratio. I, I don't like, remember. If, if you don't, we can we can make another choice. No, 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 no. I like that movie a lot, and I would okay. love to rewatch it. It's um, like a movie I've heard about. And I'm like, I bet I'd enjoy that. Yeah, it is. It is a quintessential Jackson. Yeah, you'll choice, like it. You'll so. like it. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I was. It's, 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 yes, it's it is just a comedy, but also it's a whole thing about like class and you know material things. You'll you'll eat it up. Yeah. Um, um, no, that's great. I just was confused. I was like, didn't we do that? No, no, I've never, I've never seen it. Okay. Um, my other choice was like, oh, I guess I could watch Casino. So you know, it was like, oh, I'm really <laughs> glad you picked this as a Casino. <laughs> I like Casino, but like, I don't want to talk about Casino. I don't want to rewatch Casino. That's a three hour fucking movie. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. We're doing rules of the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, Destiny plugs at fridge. Oh, before you oh. before you oh. plug, uh, I just want to say one more thing about um. Uh, crash which is i couldn't stop thinking the original book set in london and this oh, really? this movie set in london and not la is so different in my mind yeah the license plates That's are weird. canadian 
aren't they? Yeah, but there's like palm trees and stuff everywhere, aren't there? It's confusing. I almost, I just assumed it. They're shooting a movie. It's oh, okay. My my brain just automatically fills in interstates and like highways and rich people and shooting a movie with L.A. So I guess I maybe I don't know. I guess I didn't. I I just yeah. I was like this movie San L.A. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually think about it, but uh, uh, realizing like, oh, like this was this is originally set in in the UK. Uh, I mean, I, guess I, I made the soup. I went, Google where's the movie Crash set? Los Angeles. Crash series of confrontations, <laughs> collisions with lots yes! of people. Harvard race Oh no 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 no, no 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 no! I I googled Crash nineteen ninety six Los Angeles, uh, okay. which didn't give me an answer either. But um, I could have sworn it was set in Canada, but maybe I'm. I mean, it is filmed in Toronto. Okay. Oh, is it filmed in Toronto? Okay. Yes. Then I guess it's set, technically set in Toronto. My brain, not living in North America, my brain just filled in. This is probably LA. Well, yeah, they <laughs> shoot movies there. It's not. They're not shooting CW television. It's not Canada. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah. the The only Ballard book I've read is uh, High Rise. High Rise. Book. Yeah, that is a good. Book. That is a good book. I'm gonna read this book. I think. Okay. Let me know if it says uh, goofy. Semprophilia. Anyway, plugs, destiny. At FridgeBuzzNow on the Twitter.com. And then my other podcast, Badland Girls, can be found on abnormalmapping.com slash Badland Girls. Uh, Jackson. Uh, hello, I am at off on Twitter.com. Uh, you can find the podcast that me and Em do at abnormalmapping.com. Yeah, you want to plug the one that never comes out, that came out? Yeah, I guess we released a new Emory score uh, today. That's pretty cool. Good podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate that it's become half gaming talk by volume. <laughs> it is. It is literally twenty minutes of gaming talk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all the podcast. Oh, you already said that part. Um, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash normal mapping for one dollar. You get a great Gundam project. Right now, we're finishing Gundam Seed. Not very good. But you know we have a good time talking about it. For five dollars, you get yes. For five dollars, you get blockbusters uh, where we sit down once a month and talk about a big movie that would never be here um, and just kind of break it down. We did the Ten Commandments uh, for uh, April, right? April, and in May we're doing iRobot. So look forward to that. It'll be fun. We have to figure out what we're doing next because we're recording that I think next weekend. Yeah, we should uh, we should record that when we can. Yeah, um, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where uh, we just talk about some random bullshit. That's usually, like, games-related, but there's just stuff sometimes, you know? I, we haven't talked about movies in a minute there, but, you know, if you just like to hear us bullshit, it's a great podcast for that. Um, I think that's everything. We'll be back in a week and a half now that this one's late, um, but we're going to keep to the schedule, assuming as if we didn't miss an episode. So until next time, movies! Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them. <laughs> <laughs>